0: Hello and welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga front to back. I, as always, am the Super Rookie Jacob, Joined by my co-host, the super veteran, Justin.
1: Yo, hello everyone, welcome back again. What's up? We're very glad to have you guys here today as we discuss the second half of the Whole Cake Island, which last week we went up to chapter 857 and the arc starts to 825. So today we had 825 to 857 last week. Today we're mainly doing 857 to 902. Basically. The second half of the art. a lot of action, a lot of running around, and a lot of running around. We'll talk <laughs> <That's>, about it. <laughs>
0: yeah. A lot of the great escape, as I like to call it. But yeah, there's a lot going on in this second half. And it, it starts off where we're going to start off is at, right after Jinbei proposes that, hey, I know you got this plan to escape, you got Sanji, but you know what? We can probably do two birds, one stone. We can both rescue the family and get Big Mom at the same time. Because you know you want to take out Emperors, right? We should probably work with this other super rookie here, Capone. And that leads to this very <laughs> crazy... A very scene. interesting
1: development.
0: Yeah, but my favorite part is just the panels in which when the meeting takes place finally, I never expected... One Piece, this manga, very popular shonen manga about pirates with the main characters dressed up like they're in the 20s talking to American gangster Capone with Vito at his side and Goaty <laughs> talking about assassinating Big Mom with these special RPGs that look like they came from Resident Evil and I'm just like, that looks like One Piece.
1: Yeah, why not? <laughs> Back I in the day, say, that's like some of the drippiest outfits the Straw Hats have been in.
0: Oh, okay. I was gonna Winter say at
1: that meeting with Capone.
0: Oh, so while we're on that trend, so of course you know I'm a big simp for Nami, big fan. This arc, she has like three or four different looks. All of them, ten out of ten. Every single fucking yeah. One.
1: Her outfits are on point in this arc, Incl- sure.
0: including this one, like this, like the backless dress that I think is red. And I'm just like, Mwah! just perfect. Making up for all that lack of time in Dress Rosa. Wonderful.
1: Um, I mean, the- just, just all of them, man. Brook with like the pinstripe suit, Luffy in a suit, just it's crazy. They look uh, fresh. We, we
0: haven't we haven't talked about him much, but Pedro as well. Like for some reason, the lion with, with yeah. The suit Pedro's,
1: Pedro's also here, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I think the winner, though, ultimately, is Brooke I think he looks the best with the, if you look tall and lean, you always look good in the suit,
1: right? And he's as, as lean he you can get. have a lot of stuff to say about Pedro. We d- I didn't mention him in our pre-episode of important stuff, but I do think we've talk about Pedro.
0: A little bit. I think when we can really get there, right? Because he does have a moment in this arc.
1: Yeah. Um, he, he was supposed to, Was what I'll say. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, he
0: was supposed to, unfortunately. Um, I do want to bring up, before we dive into the meeting, which we can kind of summarize pretty quickly. Um, there's a very interesting lore tidbit of kind of like how back like a hundred chapters ago, we got a lot of word about Wano, 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 right? And then Zhao Ark convinced, like confirmed, Hey, we're going to Wano. This, we kind of get like the setting for Elbaf, right? The island of giants. We got lots of wording and like teasing for Elbaf. We even got a Prince Loki like name straight up out of Norse mythology. So all these little teases. And obviously, the show is great, too, because it's literally during a Nami shower scene. So, of course, it's very intriguing plot. But at the same time, it's actually, actually <laughs> very intriguing foreshadows, as well as backstory to why, um, like, the Giants and Big Mom are not good terms. Because Prince Loki, uh, I think he was the one to propose to
1: Lola, and Lola said no. I think that's how it went. Or uh, basically, yeah, she wanted to choose her own husband, not ha- have a proposed marriage, and she wasn't in love with Loki. So she ran away,
0: which is ironic, because if you remember, because if, if I recall, she was the one that was constantly proposing to um, at least the everyone, L- everyone. Yeah, everyone it was everyone. Right. Had, yeah. yeah. But just not Loki. <laughs> just not the yeah, one. Yeah, not who that proposed guy, though. To her. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> Who's quite possibly one of the strongest characters in One Piece for all we know. But <laughs> she's like, nah, nah, fuck that.
1: <laughs> I'm, I, yeah, I would assume he's quite strong.
0: Yeah, once we yeah, once we get to Elbaf, I'm pretty sure that might be... That's actually another thing. It might be immediately after Wano, or probably just a little later, because we just know it's the Island of Giants, and Giants are like some of the toughest motherfuckers out here. So that could be immediately after or after, but we're getting name drops, is what I mentioned here. Uh, I, wouldn't, point.
1: I, I wouldn't even call it... Like, the island of giants, because it has been made clear to us that there is multiple other islands and places that giants come from, but it is, like...
0: The main island.
1: There's something right. special about Elbaf, definitely.
0: Yeah. The way, the way I see it, it's like Fishman Island, where it's like, sure, you fishmen come from here, but it's not the only place fishmen can come from. But it's, like, essentially what the world considers their capital. That's what I see as Elbaf. We haven't even... We're not officially there yet in the present time, so that could change. But yeah from what we do know about Elbaf and the flashback we get a little later yeah and what you say is correct where it's you know it's where giants are but it might not even be their main place um so long story short about this tense meeting there are no baseball bats that are brought out thankfully um no <laughs> intimidation tactics by Capone um we get a little te- we get a little reference here that Capone was a part of the five families of the west which is a reference to the five points gangs to re Capone yeah, and of course. They, basi- yeah, they basically agree to the plan that, yeah, we're going to work together and take out Big Mom. Straw Hats, you're going to be up front with the distraction because Capone's going to be working like security for the party. But he'll bring in the guns once the you- so Straw Hats do their part and crash the party. They stun everybody. Uh, they make sure Sanji's not shot and killed by pudding. And once you guys shock her, because when she's uh, in like in a state of shock, that's when she's actually vulnerable. Otherwise, her hockey, her is so powerful. She's so I don't even even I don't even know if it's her hockey, but it's implied that she is in she, like she has impenetrable defense.
1: I would say it's implied like since both it's tied to her state of composure, right? Just
0: just her constitution, yeah. She's I, see, I think
1: it would make sense process. to say it's it's a, the hockey.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking it's both, right? She's both just a big, large, strong woman, and she's got hockey as well. So it's like, you got to wait for that perfect opportune moment to even strike. And Luffy being Luffy going, hell yeah. In fact, we, even, we can even put... He actually gets creative. He says, I want to put Brulé's mirrors in the cake so we can burst out at once.
1: <laughs> and that one, and man... That was a great idea. That was like, a great idea. The best idea he's maybe ever had. Luffy's having fun with it.
0: <laughs> um, And of course, everyone agrees. So the plan's on. And we get like a, in the morning of the wedding, we get like a, like a long field of like certain side characters. Um, The certain ones that I noticed were, or what I wanted to mention are Struzen, which is the gourmet knight. We'll see him again in the later flashback. I don't know if he's going to be very important later on, but we got that him there. Uh, Queen of the Pleasure District, Stussy. Uh, then you also got President of Big News Morgans. And then you got Big Sweet News Three Mor- Gen- What was that?
1: I, I love the name Big News Morgans.
0: Yeah, Big News Morgans.
1: <laughs> it, it rolls off the tongue.
0: It actually does, yeah, because you think Morgans is just... I don't know, there's something about that name that just that seems like official... Like status of power kind of thing, but
1: not like high power, but more it's like like, oh, like went all the way back to Captain Morgan, our first villain, you know.
0: And now <laughs> we get big news, Morgan. Uh, and then obviously the probably the highlight of this uh, highlight reel of characters is Sweet Three General Katakuri, who does not look like he belongs in One Piece in terms of like design wise. He's like edgy and really cool, mysterious and dark. It's almost like he came out of like a platinum game. Like a uh, uh Anarchy Reigns, maybe like a side character or a boss from Bayonetta. He doesn't look like he belongs in One Piece, but that makes him stand out more than anything. Um he's very quiet and apparently he's undefeated. His bounty is over a was it, like a billion and five hundred berries? What was the bounty? It it's was like over it's like one and
1: a half billion, man. Right? One and a
0: half billion. Okay, I was off by half a billion. <laughs> and um he also has this uh, insane observation hockey where he can literally see um, I thought it was, like, five or ten seconds of the future, but it might be implied that if he really concentrates, he can see really far into the future. Um, a little later on, anyway. Um, right. So, the
1: you know, wedding it is... Right. It might be one and a half. It might be, like, one and then zero, five, and then continued.
0: Okay, okay. Um...
1: It's a lot. It's a very high bounty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a very high bounty. I'm get. I'm if I recall, all the sweet three have over a billion berry bounties.
1: Yeah, like how how many characters have we seen with over a billion bounties? Four. I, I think four. Yeah, sweet threes, and then um, Jack. Jack. Yeah, Jack from last arc. And I mean, Who, we can assume Big Mom does also, but you know, we don't know what her bounty is yet.
0: Yeah. I would assume emperors are just infinite, almost, because it's like, well, they've got so much damage and harm to the government, so it's yeah, like, you well, get li-
1: like a golden credit card if you capture. A Yoko yeah, you, you, you get you get the, the key
0: to you get the key to the government that may or may not take you to that treasure. Doflamingo knows about. Who knows? Uh, pff, I don't fucking know. But the wedding is on, right? It's all very lovely and nice. There's <laughs> a great, funny moment where I think it's Capone notices like Sanji is. Having fun with his bride to be, and he's like, Man, he's selling the axe so well, the straws might pull off. And it's like, Dude, <laughs> Sanji's just being Sanji right now, dude. <laughs> he forgot the plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but, but, like, he you get the
1: second to cool down basically, and it just immediately falls right back into Sanji. They just yeah. relax him again.
0: In this case, I'm fine with it, right? Cause it's just him being distracted yeah. by a, a woman in a, in a, in a bridal outfit. So, you know, he's like, Who isn't? Um, but, but what I love about this sequence of events is that. Everyone who's in on the plan is incredibly tense when everyone else is having a lot of fun, right? Because Big Mom is expecting her version of the Red Wedding to go without a hitch. Meanwhile, Capone and the Straw Hats and their temporary alliance are trying to do their own version of a Red Wedding. But they're all super fucking tense because, like, this is a fucking emperor. If we fuck up, we're basically dead. So we're yeah, like ev- to make
1: everyone is trying to Red Wedding everyone at this wedding
0: is what it feels mm. like. Yeah, and it goes so well. There's the big cake. Big Mom is bragging about this sacred treasure box she got from Fishman Island that she really wants to open during that part. But first, we got to get the couple married, right? They go to the altar, and then the plan starts, right? The Big Mom side of the plan starts. The original plan was for putting to reveal her, you know, her her disgusting third eye, stun Sanji long enough for putting just to whip out a gun and shoot him straight in the face. That was the plan. Pudding reveals her third eye, and I actually do like this micro bit because Sanji is Sanji, right? Yeah. And he just goes, "What a beautiful third eye! Oh my god!" He because he can't, he can't criticize he, anything about a woman. He can't, he can't criticize.
1: But that's it, so on character. That I'm is unexpected. So that Sanji would just continue to swoon and be like, "Oh, now I've got another eye, an extra thirty percent," or you know what I mean? He just yeah, keep and, going. I, I, yeah, and I thought fun. that, and,
0: and I thought that was incredibly funny. And then I turned the page, and then I was like, oh no. Because (laughs) Pudding is like, oh shit, no one has ever complimented me before. I've always been bullied my entire life for my third eye. My character is going to do a 180 now. Like it goes too hard, right? On the subversion expectations. I would say 180, because she pretends it's a 90 throughout the rest of this arc,
1: it's a 180.
0: Because well, rem- she pretends it's
1: a full 180, but it's actually a 90. Wait, wait what are you talking about? She pretends it's a full <laughs> 180, but it's not, actually. No,
0: no, no, because 360 is the whole thing. 180 is oh. the opposite direction. 90 okay, is wait, 80. wait, you're right. Angle. Angle.
1: The- well, wait, no, wait, wait, no. We'll talk about this later, <laughs> and we're gonna move on, but <laughs> that's not it.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, 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 okay. It my point, matter. yeah, my point being is, despite the first act, we got that gut-wrenching scene, right, with Sanji like, peeping in on Pudding's plan, mocking him, making fun of him, and then me just going, oh, that poor cook. Oh my fucking god, I feel so sorry for him. And then Pudding just being in on the plan 100% with Big Mom, but this suddenly puts everything off completely. And if this was just her being stunned instead of you know, temporarily being shocked, but then still trying to shoot Sanji. That would be another story. But in this case, she completely falls to her knees, and then <laughs> I think it's Katakiri, the one that tries to actually shoot Sanji instead. Yeah. Um, and that being the gunshot, and the gunshot we'll being to the dodges.
1: cue. Let's go. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and then that's the cue for the straw hats to cue in their plan. But again, like this whole thing, I just did not like this quick change. Because, like, granted, like, the humor in it is funny. Like, throughout the rest of this arc, when we see the interactions between Pudding and Sanji as the actions go on, they're um, really funny, like, yandere, tsundere humor, where it's like, yeah, I'm just pretending to like you because I actually want to kill you, dear. Right? With a little heart at the end of the speech bubble. Um, They're funny, but I feel like it's a complete different character. Because it's such an abrupt change from what we do know about this character. Yeah. To just serving this new role it goes too hard on the change if this was
1: a slight stun i but she still i being... agree with you completely and mm-hmm. i think because i've thought about it you know a lot i guess yeah <laughs> I, I definitely don't like it i'll say even if but i think what we're supposed to believe is that the third eye is almost like a second personality in some ways I guess. I guess right? I think what we're supposed to believe is that we did see like a, a real version of pudding before, and then this is like another like right pudding, and then finally we're seeing like at the end a combination of those two. I think I was, that's the idea is going for, but it, it doesn't land. Is the point right?
0: I w- I was actually thinking something like this too. Now that you bring it, you explain it like that. One of my earliest thoughts too was. Are they going to have like a schizophrenia kind of plot line where, in, you know, in the Oda's version or at least in Pudding's version, it's literally two personalities and this evil one is a primary one. And then they're, they're going to explain later that, oh, after that compliment, that other personality that we actually knew from earlier is now in control. Is that right. what we're going to do? But the way it's presented throughout this rest of this arc is that, no, she's trying to be evil still, but she can't because she ends up loving Sanji because he didn't bully her third eye so i was kind of it's unclear (laughs) yeah um this is actually this whole change this radical change is probably one of my least liked parts of this arc but what we do get is still funny it's still entertaining but i can't help but be distracted going like this is way too fast of a change especially because i was literally talking about how pudding could literally be like a uh What's a word? What's the word? Not the, not epiphany, but like a starting point for like a character change for Sanja. Of like, oh my god, this person tricked me, manipulated me so hard. I really gotta get my head in the game. This is the new world. But because we get this comedic spin instead. And I'm just like... Uh. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, okay. Alright, I guess this is the new pudding, I guess. Alright, what was the whole thing about being in on the planet with Big Mom? <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, uh alright. But yeah, enough about pudding, I guess. Um The plan is kind of faltered. It gets messy, right? As we mentioned, Katakiri. Um, tries to suit Sanji. Sanji, he dodges it. Um, all these multiple copies of Luffy break out of the mirror because I guess he kept those animals he captured from the woods, and he they get brûle to turn them into Luffy clones. So they're all bursting out, and I'm just like, dude, just look at the Luffy who's eating the cake while they're bursting out. That's the real one. <laughs> Right. The one who's eating the cake on the way out. <laughs> Anyone um, that knows
1: Luffy would know. Like, there he is. I obvious. mean, it's probably it's probably
0: really good cake. Like they the Big Mom Pirates massacred people for those ingredients, so they're probably it's probably a really good cake. I mean, come on. <laughs> Don't want it to go to waste. Um And then we have yeah, we have the action going on. Um Big Mom is already startled that the cake is ruined. And then the Straw Hats effectively Break the portrait, which was the big plan to get Big Mom into that shocked stage, which is shattering the picture Wait, of Mother you, Carmel.
1: Well, you can't just say they have, like they shattered the portrait. I'm gonna need a little more detail in regards to that.
0: Well, they rip it in half. <laughs> I actually don't remember the key details of this part. What am I missing? No,
1: no love for our boy Brook. Who? Oh in, no no no! In the I, I think they got I, to the I, portrait. I, I...
0: Oh, right, 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 okay. Or like, you're yeah. really going <laughs> to skip
1: everything and just be like, they did it? You know? <laughs> I was,
0: sorry, it got overshadowed a little bit because I wanted to get to the next exciting bit, but yeah, you're absolutely right, Brooke came Brooke, in. Brooke
1: just comes out in this arc, and I refuse to ignore it, and <laughs> I refuse to let anyone else ignore it.
0: This, like, Yeah, this is like the one of the few moments where I just forgot uh, that Brooke was, yeah, the MVP of this, because Luffy couldn't reach the picture, right? And then Correct. Brooke was one of the copies, and he goes, oh.
1: <laughs> just does it himself.
0: Right place Brooks at the right do, Yeah, time. Brooks
1: just, he, he positioned himself perfectly. He's right there, like, got you, fam. Smack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha. Uh,
0: but, unfortunately, Big Mom is a little, I think she's so overwhelmed. She doesn't know what to, I think they say it, she doesn't know what to be shocked about first. So she's like in this weird, like, 50-50 state, where she's stunned. Like, if you know, if you're like in Pokemon, you're just stunned. But, you're paralyzed, but you're not actually confused. You're not hurt-harming yourself in the process. So, they're like, okay, wait, we need to jumpstart this. What the hell? What the hell? But, at the same time, in comes out, out comes Jimbei, right? Badass motherfucker he is. But then he officially goes, I'm leaving the Big Mom Pirates. And this kind of snaps her attention real quick, right? And then she goes, she doesn't say life or treat. She says, um stay or life, I think that's what she says, or, so you know, a different variant of her usual right,
1: line. something like that.
0: A soul or life, or no, stay or life. And then he says, life. Like, with no res- hesitation, no regrets, and everyone has question marks. What the fuck's happening? Why isn't his soul coming out? What's going on? Well, we learned the weakness to her soul power, she feeds on fear. And Jim
1: <laughs> Oh, boy, God, none! <laughs> He zero. has
0: zero fucking fear. A man who would be a crewmate of the future Pirate King of Pirates. Sorry, the future King of Pirates. Cannot afford a tremble in the presence of a mere emperor. Can anyone Rah. start like a GoFundMe for this fucking dude? He needs a fucking wheelbarrow to carry his massive blue balls. Because holy quote. shit!
1: <laughs> what a quote. A mere
0: emperor. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, if this guy was bottom tier in your personal list before this, not you, Justin, but in general, uh, he's skyrocketing
1: now after this moment. <laughs> God yeah. fucking damn. J- Jim Bay, he plans on joining the crew hot, it seems. Oh, with in style.
0: With style on top of that, too. God damn. Um, so while that's going on, Big Mom again is stunned because, holy shit, no one's going to able to counter my power. And in the midst of like the, the fighting going on, Luffy, like, grabs the shattered picture, stretches his arms, and just shoves it right in Big Mom's face, and that causes her to actually finally collapse, right, and have her meltdown, which was the plan, right, to make her vulnerable.
1: And yeah, and I'll say, we go through the whole thing really quick, but I, I like the teamwork that we do get briefly in that little section there between everyone, you know, the synergy, it's dry synergy, it's just nice. Yeah, Don't get it yeah. too often these days.
0: Oh, I almost forgot. And we see the Vince Mokes, who are there at the w- wedding, don't forget. They get captured right away, and
1: Judge is crying like
0: a bitch because he lost. Oh, <laughs> I, man. I knew
1: you had to vent that and cry like oh, a that. Oh,
0: so much satisfaction. And his, you know, his emotionless children, or at least the sons, are just like, it's our fate. We lost this fight. And then Judge is like, (laughs) and I'm just like, ah, yes, good. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just, oh man, I'm just enjoying every moment of it. And, but yeah, like I said, we get that Luffy moment, right? Shows the portrait going on in the midst of the tag team combos, the synergy. And then we get a hard cut to the Mother Carmel story and the back, the flashback to Big Mom herself. Who at the time was Linlin? Um, oh boy, this is some pretty heavy stuff. This might have been pretty short, right? But
1: yeah, maybe I feel like maybe we should have put a trigger warning just in case anyone hasn't read it or doesn't know. But
0: poss- possibly because yeah, damn, possibly. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, trigger warning for this one. Um, trigger warning for what? Trafficking, child trafficking, I mean, child, child abuse. Child slavery? Slavery, abuse, just, yeah, horrible fucking shit.
1: And also, potentially cannibalism. Maybe that's the thing that will set you off. Possibly, exactly. So, <laughs>
0: unfortunately, that kind of does spoil a little bit, but, you know, most people listen I mean, to this are better arc themselves. just goes
1: places you, you don't expect a shonen to go.
0: Not, not at all. Um, the only part I was not surprised about was the cannibalism aspect, because back at Fishman Island, I assumed she ate someone who was talking to her. You mentioned that it could have been, now that we have the context of Whole Cake Island, it could have been, like, one of these uh, figures or, like, pieces of uh-huh. food. I, I think, yeah, I think
1: we were supposed to, to see the food and be like, oh, we were faked out. Which, and that's then, kind of <laughs> weird, right? And then she actually, like, and then again, it goes back into, oh, but she actually is a cannibal. But that, <laughs> so, but if, any, that's if, if anything,
0: uh, I, I don't think it's weird, personally. I think that's just reinforcement to her gluttony. Right. She literally just eats anything, anyone she feels like eating because she can. Nothing can stop her. Her okay, hunger can be untamed. And we get that fleshed out in this flashback because the first thing that happens is we see a, I think a five year old Linlin. She's huge, right? She's giant. Her parents are straight up just abandoning her at this new place. This, um, I think it's at Elbaf directly, right? At Elbaf to the, yeah, orphanage. It's somewhere, somewhere on Elbaf. Yeah, because her parents were just like she's just too much to handle. She is a threat to the other kids' neighborhood. She's too hard to take care of. Bye. And it's like, okay, fucking tragic. Strike one immediately. First page. Okay, fuck. I'm getting some. Uh, what's I your mean, name? can Big you five? really
1: blame them? I hate to be that, you know, but
0: I hate to be that hard guy. It's just like God. Yeah, I,
1: but think about it. That's no one can stop Big Mom. Uh, the Giants it, would be the best bet, probably.
0: Maybe this might be maybe a romantic- a giant
1: parent can control this child because I can't.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say a romanticized, romanticized perspective I have is: well, if you really do care for your child, you'll do your best. Like maybe, like you said, take them to Elbath, but don't drop her off. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, they to move done in
1: me a little more. Yeah,
0: yeah, and beg the 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 giants going: Do you have something to help take care of our daughter? As you can see, she's bigger than us. We can't uh, control her hunger tantrums. Um, she's also, like, a threat to the kids Because they're much smaller than her But here she might be able to blend in Can you help us out, right? But instead, they drop her off It's, like, it's very similar to, uh, Big Five, right? Is that her name? From Just
1: Rosa? Baby Five Mm -hmm.
0: Baby Five Um, and very similar to that Where the parents just have dropped her off Um, this orphanage, though, is Well, not what you think At first, because at first Yeah, at first you see this backstory Where you see Mother Carmel uh, she's pleading for the lives of giants. She's playing a little bit of politics, right? Where she's like, if you guys kill these giants, I know you captioned they're a threat to the sea, right? The giant warriors. Um, if you guys kill these guys, you're gonna you're gonna anger the giants to actually go full on pillaging, full on warfare against you guys. Maybe you should spare them. Maybe mercy is actually good in this case. It works out. Gee, I wonder why. And she has an orphanage now in Elbath. There's kids of all. Uh, all statuses, all races It immediately, oh, there you go that's Big Mom's influence right there for wanting to have a utopia of everything and everyone, right? Oh, Mother Carmel, there you go but what happened, right? That's still the main question what happened to Carmel? Um, Part of the giant culture that goes on is that there's a 12 day fasting before a giant feast and unfortunately Linlin can't handle it. She gets to 7 days, right? To her credit, she gets to 7 days But unfortunately, her craving must be sated and she just loses control. Like earlier when we saw with Big Mom, when she ate her own 25th son, she goes nuts to the point where she kills one of the legendary giants there. One of the, he's past his prime, I think, but he's still like a legendary warrior. Um, straight up kills him just trying to get food. And that causes Mother Carmel and the orphanage to be uh, kicked off the island. I don't know where they end up going. Or if they even eventually did leave in time, but they were told, you have to leave. Um, but we kind of get, like, more glimpses of, like, why Mother Carmel was successful in her negotiations with the government and why she got that mercy deal quite easily. Because she's a trafficker,
1: for fuck's sake. Yep, she sure is. And just fucking, what's her what's, her what's name? What's her what? epithet? Orphan settler. Orphan
0: Cellar, it's like something hag I forget the term Mountain, uh, hag. mountain okay. hag God damn dude It turns into a like old school European fairy tale Where it's like horribly dark And it's like why is it so dark <laughs> I need this Disney fight later on 100 years, what the fuck But right now it's like yeah she's calling the government Going yeah I got this little girl Linlin, she is incredibly powerful She just killed a giant And in a hunger tantrum I'm gonna need a higher price for this girl And she could be an agent for whatever the hell you want her to be. And then you find out, yeah, she traffics children to the government directly. Not even, like, Celestial Dragons, although that could be a possibility, but to the government as, like, CP9, CP0 agents later on, of, like, as, like, disguised as adoptions, right? But they're being sold to, like, people who are, like, in the military or in the government, going, like, I'm going to raise you to be a perfect soldier out of love. And you're just like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, okay. And then it gets even darker because we get a sixth birthday party uh, for Lin-Lin before, I guess, she's sold off. And she's in her, like, heavenly euphoria where she's eating, she's having a great time. And when she's done, she's out of the state. Everyone's gone. Not a single soul is there. Besides the two people that witnessed the whole thing. In her craving, she ate every child and mother carmel in her craving and i'm just like god (laughs) damn bro yeah
1: that scene was crazy that page flip is just like holy shit
0: and she's like looking going where did mother carmel go because throughout the arc even pretty early on we get that little tease with carmel's picture early on in the arc she we always hear big mom going where did you go, Carmel? Do you want to eat together in the future? We Where can we meet? Like, you ran off. Why'd you run off? We can meet together. Look, I'm creating this utopia like you wanted to do. You're welcome here. It's your paradise, too. And it's like, you ate her. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the tragedy of it all. Gross. Ugh, yeah. And what led to her being this fearful emperor later on was because we have Streisand? Streisand? Streusen, Streisand. The- The chef I mentioned earlier, he witnessed the whole thing and instead of being horrified by it, he's an opportunist going, yo, this girl's actually a force of nature. Hey, I'll take care of you. You know what? In fact, here, have this, uh, have this fruit, you know, maybe do something with it. I'm I'm guessing he gave her.
1: He's in the perfect situation. It seems like to deal with her because he can just make food. Yeah,
0: he is a chef. He is, yeah, doesn't he have like the food, food, food or something? No, he can, he can
1: yeah, he can literally make food with anything, his power. Yeah, make anything into food, right?
0: Yeah. And that, So he can literally control all of her hunger tantrums. It's the perfect, um, hole to fill for her as he, like, uh, makes her this perfect pirate now emperor. And then another th- person who saw it was a giant who saw the whole thing. And that's also, you know, implications of like, yeah, Elbaf is fully aware of what Big Mom has done is capable of. So that's why I really wanted to mention that Elbaf part because like, yeah, that looks like it might be a key thing in the future. The, the giants know, right? The giants remember. And that is the end of that at the end of the day. The point of this great, horrifying flashback, great yet horrifying reinforcement, right? Reinforcement of the goal of her utopia, everyone being equal, although it's so fucked up and tragic because the real Carmel, that was, she was full of shit. She was literally just doing that, going, oh, I want anyone, anything, and everyone, because I have more people to sell to in the future. And I'm just like, like you're just tugging at your shirt, going, oh, yikes. Yeah. And then, yeah, and again, the reminder of Elbath and the probably the rocky relations giants have with humans in general because of people like Big Mom so and also why that is very good really really heavy
1: (laughs) yeah it definitely hits on those heavy topics
0: to the point where it ends i'm actually like oh thank god i I was worried it was gonna get any any more darker (laughs) seriously (laughs) that that was enough as it is that was enough as it is because i because flashbacks like laws for example were horribly dark and gruesome this one is like just look at the horror horrors that one person can inflict either directly or indirectly and i'm just like that's 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 that's, that's pessimistic that's real dark yep <laughs> rather than like war crimes it's like personal crimes against humanity oh shit okay then back to the, back to the red wedding in the present day <laughs> back to the regular crimes yeah. against humanity the wedding
1: is also insane it's pretty yeah. crazy
0: and Right on cue, the flashback ends, right? Like I said, all, all-star all American infamous gangsters, Capone, Vito, and Gotti, get their Resident Evil RPGs out, and they fire at Big Mom, right? She's in her vulnerable state, but then she screams again with, like, Supreme King hockey. That's so powerful, it pre-detonates those RPGs and destroys their chance to kill her. And immediately, everyone's like, fuck! The plan is done. Aboard, Abort. Yeah. Uh, Capone reveals one of his larger abilities. He creates like a giant walking fortress. Everyone get inside. Plan B. Let's big get a plan father. B. <laughs> he
1: calls it. Let's go. Big, big father.
0: hmm. The big father. And, oh, uh, we have this whole moment where, like, they're trying to grade to a plan of like, okay, clown, you're irrelevant. We're tired of you in the background. Here's your heart. Take it. Get the fuck out. But you're going to help us one more time. Right. I think if they give him the heart afterwards, I could be getting that sequence of events a little off, but I think this is the last matter. time we'll, it doesn't matter. I think this is the last time we'll see clown because he was literally a MacGuffin for like the last 200 chapters. And I did not care for this MacGuffin at all. Um, he did have that one funny part that wasn't even because of him. It was because of Oda's fourth wall humor back at that meeting, right? Where he's pretending to be
1: someone else and you see his that new was name. hilarious. Yeah. Gangster and then you asked him, though. Because and then, yeah, he's and then, hiding from Big Mom, because he's so afraid being on our own. Yep. Yeah, and, no
0: and then you see the text of Caesar Clown directly behind his new name. But that's not even him. That's the fourth wall humor, right? That's the manga paneling doing the humor yeah. for him. So that that was his best part. So, good riddance. I'm not going to miss that guy. Um, Hopefully, it's the last we see of him. And... With that, though, we also have a very satisfying confrontation with Sanji and Judge, because the Vinsmokes are here too. Sanji successfully saved the Vinsmokes from being assassinated, and we have this wonderful scene. Sanji and Judge make it very clear, right? Sanji makes it very clear to Judge. We are splitting ways. We are never to see each other again. You are not my father. Kind of, you know, mirroring back to when Judge was trying to look down at Sanji, going, you are not my son. Sanji is now looking down on Judge, you are not my father, and you will leave everyone here and everyone in the East Blue alone, and we will part ways, and that's that. But what was the best part, though, about it was, I won't say the exact details, but it 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 reminded me a little bit of Katara's moment in Avatar, because it was a complex moment, right? It wasn't because we learned here that Sanji didn't want to just rescue the Vinsmokes because of the kindness of his heart. Right? It wasn't just that. We also learn now that he was living up to his real father's ideals, Zeph, right? To be a man is to save your family no matter what, because if I wasn't able to do that, I can't look at him back in the eye when I see him again, because I broke his code of honor, his code code of ethics. And it definitely flushes out Sanji as a character. Where, oh, Sanji is literally just living one-to-one to to Zeph's teachings. And because of these flashbacks we get, it's also because he's trying to be that rebellious person to go against Judge, his blood father. So I'm like, okay, this is a wonderful fleshed-out moment for Sanji. It gets him a bit more character. I really did enjoy this confrontation as well, because, again, fuck Judge. It's great to see him on the receiving end. (laughs) Uh, Let's be honest, Judge didn't care about that shouting, but it still was wonderful paneling, because Sanji you know, is in the moment of control in this dialogue, and not the other way around. So yeah,
1: it's very concerning.
0: Yeah, and one positive aspect of Judge that we learned throughout this—it's his only one. Don't get it twisted. He doesn't—he doesn't owe debts. He repays his debts, right? So the Vince Mokes throughout the rest of this arc will offer assistance where they can. You know, kind of like payback against Big Mom, right, for trying to assassinate them. But it's also to buy time for the straw hats and even the, um, the fire tank pirates to escape. So that's like the one thing. And that's not even a full thing. Cause again, it's just like, he's for paying a debt. That's it. He's probably, he's probably frowning the whole time too. Let's be honest, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Cause, uh, I got to see Judge cry and that's all I loved. But I also got that Sanji confrontation afterwards. So even happier, even happier. Um, However, things are getting worse and worse outside, right, Big Father. Big Mom is now going through a giant, giant hunger tantrum, worse than ever before. And to the point where even the other Big Mom pirates are getting freaked out.
1: Wait. They're like, is she?
0: Maybe not right this moment, but it's
1: pretty soon, right? Because uh, you, Obviously, you didn't want to talk about the the Chateau falling over, the Tama t- t- Tobacco Box.
0: Oh, I was going to get there pretty soon, yeah. Well, I mean, you because- could
1: on- we could honestly skip it. <laughs> well, well wait, wanted. no, no, no. wait,
0: Hang on. I, I, actually, it might be just me me, mixed up. Did the tantrum start before or after the the box?
1: I thought it was after.
0: Okay, sorry. If it was after, then I apologize. Because originally
1: or, she starts attacking the Big Father, like, and he's tanking it, which is very impressive, and it really does speak for the how powerful ca- capability components. of this technique.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's true. Sorry, I got my events backwards. Sorry. Because, yeah, they try to go for their treat. And they shoot out of Big Father, right? They try and fight. They actually get their asses kicked. Like, the Straw Hats, they're completely outmatched by an Emperor's crew. Another moment of power scaling, right? But it was very opportune here. Because, like, yeah, this is how powerful the Emperor's crew are. And that's why they're not standing their ground and fighting. Not to mention, the Straw Hats are at half-strength right now. They're not at full-strength anyway. (laughs) So running is the best option even if they had their full crew they would be running um to the point where yeah you think they're going to be subdued because everyone is apprehended then we get what i almost skipped right. i apologize for that which it's is
1: awesome
0: <laughs> the great yeah the great setup from as well as far back as fishman island um was is it called the the tamate box what the uh the toma- Tama
1: tobacco box the-
0: Right, it, know, it's I, fine. I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I remembered it as the steroid box. The big thing about that was, after, uh, rereading it that second time, I did realize those super energy steroids would be perfect for Big Mom. So it's actually oh, very fortunate
1: that would that be Ho- so frightening.
0: She would, she would win. Period. Because after Hody Jones, you know, took all the steroids and they for themselves and they did, took for themselves, um, the energy steroids, right? That we, that were explained back at Fishman Island. They take away your lifespan to give you an amazing energy boost right to the point where you can physically one shot even luffy one on one or get close to it right if luffy was yeah she should be, be unbeatable she should be unbeatable yeah. if she had them exactly, and because of her soul soul fruit, she can literally get back the life she would lose from those steroids, so she would be even stronger than she is right now, yeah, and I hate to you. say it. And I hate to say it, but she would probably be able to take on Kaido, Shanks, and Blackbeard just with that alone. All at alone. once, probably. All at once, probably. Because we saw how strong Hody and his crew became. You know, a bunch of jobbers who didn't have any, like, unique powers of their own besides, you know, being, you know, stronger-than-usual fishmen. But in the hands of an emperor who can literally replicate with her own factories, right, and have an infinite lifespan because of her power, GG. <laughs> the whole world yeah. government, and the the world is basically under Big Mom's control. However, however, back at the Ark, we also learned it was rigged to explode, <laughs> and uh, the the great uh, royalty leaders at Fishman Island decided not to tell the Straw Hats that. <laughs> Wait, did they tell them that? I actually forgot. Did they? No, tell they them didn't. That? They didn't tell him that. I remember the king making that, like, that aghast face, just like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Uh Good luck, guys. Good luck. <laughs> Maybe they'll take the heat off of us. Who knows?
1: <laughs> I think they did ask for it back, but they're like, oh, we gave it to them already, and they're gone. So Yeah, yeah but they,
0: they didn't tell him it was rigged to explode, though. Yeah. Uh, not to the Straw Hats. Because what happens is one of the parties at the, members of the party, they get greedy, right? They try and go for the box. They trip because of all the fiasco going on, all the fighting. We also see that Stussy, the Pleasure District boss, is an agent of CP0 and shoots him. Not, I'm not sure exactly why, but either way, she's trying to keep things under control, I guess. The box falls. It causes a chain reaction within the explosives and the entire party, because it was on top of like a giant like artificial cake. Or like, on top of a building, right? And then it topples over. Which Streisand, yeah, Streisand later turns into a cake, so off in the landing, right? That's what he did later? 'Cause it was a building, right? Yeah. I'm trying to remember that little detail. Yeah. Um but yeah, once that happens, that causes the mass chaos that allows the, everyone to get a second chance, right, to escape. And everyone scatters, right? I think we get I think it's Brooke and Chopper, they go for the submarine, um, Luffy, Nami, Jimbei, Carrot, and I think Pedro. They go for uh, the Seducing Woods. Capone goes his own way with his crew. Because he's like, fuck you guys. I got treads. Later. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this turns into a giant escape as, as I jumped the gun earlier. But yeah, Big Mom is going through the worst hunger tantrum she's had ever. But she's zeroing in on the Straw Hats right now. So even the Big Mom pirates are like, okay, as long as she's going after them, it's buying us some time. We need to make a replacement cake because holy shit, things are going bad. And then we have that uh, that side plan, right? Shifon, uh, um, pudding, and Sanji agree they're gonna make a replacement cake. They got leftover ingredients. While <laughs> while the straw hats are fleeing for like the good forty rest of the chapters of the arc, I think. But yeah. unlike Punk Hazard, because immediately I think escape, I think Punk Hazard. Unfortunately, it's not nearly really? as dull
1: or Was that? I would think Impel Down.
0: Impel Down too, but Punk Hazard was more recent, um, so it's f- more fresh on the mind. Also, Impel Down was more like a breakout rather than uh, escaping from.
1: It feels like a prison break, though. You know, I guess
0: kind more, of, like kind escape. of. Actually, yeah, that's true. But either way, I was thinking more like Punk Hazard in my comparison because in this Great Escape, we have the Seducing Woods, we have ships we have the mirror world like there's all these different changing of settings so it never gets dull and even within those settings things are constantly changing right for the sake of uh, interest and fun because when they get to seducing woods right you have all the trees moving around again right (laughs) because nami i admit this is bullshit writing nami ripped off a small piece of the vivray cards or paper still so she still has a small piece after it was taken from her earlier and I was like, "Oh, that's convenient. You just happen to rip it apart." Okay, sure. Um, but regardless, the trees start scattering at first, but then they start being, a, um, they start hurting the straw hats because oh, Big Mom is right on their tail, and the everyone else is realizing, "Oh, wait, no, that's Big Mom, right?" Nami, that card, that's not the real Big Mom. So they start helping her out. But then we have this crazy series of action events where <sighs> I hate to say it, but hey, Nami takes the spotlight here. Um, there's a series of events right where she's feeding uh Zeus like these little like energy balls. What they're called? Yeah, little dark clouds, and I, that was very creative because Zeus, being a part of Big Mom, is going ooh, yummy, and just eats it all up like no question, no question. And even Prometheus, I think, it's like, what the hell are you doing? And it's just like, but they're so good. Just one more. Just one more. Oh, look. Just one more. Dude, just one more, dude. I'll
1: be right back. I'll be right
0: back, I swear. I'll be be right back. I just gotta eat these. I just gotta eat these. One more. One more. And then to the point where he eats so much, right? And then he eats, like, the big uh, charge of the weather egg to give him, like, one final ample boost. You get that great panel where, like, Sanji is picking up Nami to try and get them to run a little faster. Nami calls down a giant lightning strike double panel, and, like, it looks like it's curving in the air to zero in on uh, Zeus when he's with Big Mom and causes a massive crater. And I'm it's just thinking, panel. great. And I'm just like, of course, you give Nami time to set up. your toast. Unfortunately, God, I said a food thing again. Unfortunately, <laughs> this is an emperor. She literally just eats and digs through the crater she's in in a diagonal line back to the surface. So it looks like she's swimming on land a little bit. And like, Dude, if that Shout had the... right.
1: Re- pink. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> senior Pink, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> like, Senior Pink, I know you got the power, but Big Mom has the strength to literally replicate your power in a much more intimidating manner. <laughs> like, if you had... I don't know what this looks like in the anime, but I could definitely just uh, see, like, like, a Sakuga scene where it's, like, her head and hat are slowly coming out of the ground as the, as the-, as the earth is rump piercing apart side by side. As she's just eating and clawing her way, just going, cake,
1: cake,
0: <laughs> and just like that could be really menacing. Um, yeah, it's a wonderfully looking scene, but at the same time, it's like eh, it bought them like a few seconds. It didn't do that much, but boy, did it look great. Um, and again, very clever use of tactics and intelligence, knowing you, the weaknesses of your character, intentionally or unintentionally, it worked out. Um, but then you also have, I think what you want to get to, right, with Pedro? Because they get to the ship, but they can't escape just yet. I
1: have stuff I would like to say about Pedro, yeah. I'm sure you Go do for too. It.
0: Go for it. I actually don't have too much about Pedro,
1: personally. That's kind of why I want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> don't you, you know <laughs> what I mean? Because, uh-huh. clearly, this is supposed to be a big deal, which, for those of you who don't know, Pedro uh, sacrificed himself to save the team that ends up on the Sunny, who are fighting Peril Sparrow, Yeah. who is a very strong opponent. Not quite, you know, Katakuri or, like, Sweet Commander level. He's but a very good trapper. Very strong. Yeah. And so he ends up sacrificing himself to save them. And mm. it was a good moment. I give no disrespect to the moment. Shout out to Pedro for doing so. But I didn't really give a shit about him dying.
0: Okay, so we're on the same page. I was also... also what I was gonna say is, hey, do you remember that Falcon guy from Alabasta? I... It's it's a very similar scenario where he you know he sacrificed himself. To, Honestly,
1: I liked him a little more. I, I think I I would have cared more if he had actually stayed dead.
0: Me? Well, yeah, that's what a I mean. Little because, <laughs> a little bit. But even if he, but even if he didn't come back alive somehow, um, I just felt the same thing. Where I'm just like, this is a side character that everyone is saying, "Oh man, that sacrifice. Oh, I feel bad, but we gotta move on for his sake." I'm just like, I don't care. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for the like, amount of time like that he's been hanging around in our orbit to have mm-hmm. such little impact and then die is you yeah. Know
0: why, like, why? He did a he did a cool thing earlier. He helped just create a distraction for Brooke, and he had a pretty interesting, a pretty sad backstory. That's about it. And this is kind of like goes back to what I was saying, but now I can say it with clarity now because before I was like, why did Carrot come along and not Wanda? Now I can say, why did Pedro come along and not Wanda? I think if it was Wanda, you would at least have a character like, oh, she was with the sense Zao. But even then, I still wouldn't be like, I don't think I would feel that sorry for the character. I just, at, least at, least at least I would if it know was Wanda, Wanda
1: I could connect because Nami seemed to have a good relationship with her, right? And I yeah, exactly.
0: Nami. And therefore, even if you didn't care about uh, Wanda that much, you would at least see how broken nami and carrot were rather than just carrot and the straw hats too but they're in their own way because you know they're not they're not assholes but me as a reader and i agree like as a writing utensil it just it comes off really flat it's supposed to be this big heroic moment i'm just like okay they're still on the run <laughs> yeah
1: i mean i hate to say it but you're kind of just like good shit you know well done pedro that was pretty much the yeah best we all right. you, you,
0: you get a nice golf clap but at the end of the day i'm just like
1: okay <laughs> that's literally yeah, all so I had to say. But I'm glad you brought Pedro, it up that like, way. Pedro, <laughs> like, he falls a little flat, I guess, as a character for me. But
0: yeah, he, so, that's not really so, a
1: detractor from the arc. I just, might as well mention it since it is happening here.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a static secondary character that pretends he went through like this big moment of like redemption. But I'm just like, honestly, I just he didn't connect that much. Like maybe with Brooke when he helped make the distraction, but it wasn't like a an actual literal connect emotional connection. It was more like, all right, we got a mission. You help me out, cool. You're like my old soldier in arms kind of guy, but not like a, a comrade. Not that I see it. So the fact that they I, are I trying agree. to Yeah, so the fact that Oda was writing it out as like, oh, we gotta feel sorry for this guy. I'm like, I'm convinced Carrot is sad, and I'm convinced that the Straw Hats are empathetic. But I'm not. I don't agree in this case personally, but moving on. <laughs> I think I'm just not all into that. Um yeah, Thousand Sunny, Coop De Burst out of the area. Um, and then we get a setup, right? Because while, like, yeah, that little tense moment with Brooke and Chopper, right? They're about to get, uh, suffocated by the candy from Parasparo. Um, Luffy and the gang crash in. Pedro does his sacrifice. But you also get a moment where Luffy, like, I think Luffy tackles Katakuri, or Katakuri tackles Luffy into the Mirrorverse. And, they shed their, and By Luffy's orders, shatter all the mirrors. Don't let anyone have any chance to get back on deck. You got that moment where Nami is like, she doesn't know if she wants to agree or not, but she's going, Captain's orders, smash the damn mirrors. And they moment. follow the orders. Yeah. And that sets up that fight. Um, I don't want to get into that fight just yet, because there's a little more going on in this little chase, right? We'll try and speed run a little bit, but we do want to mention the highlights here. And there are a lot. Like, for example, hey... You know, it's an old, old series called, it's called MacGyver, right? It got a person who's jury-rigging everything to get out of certain situations. It's an, old, it's an old classic. A lot of millennials, especially Zoomers, wouldn't know about that name. But we got a little bit of MacGyver here because there's a fucking tidal wave now created by Big Mom about to try and crash and sink the Thousand Sunny. And Jimbe, motherfucking Bay goes, all right. Jinbei? All right, real quick. You guys, you're going to have to do this to the mast. You do this with the sails. Nami, create extra wind coming from that same direction. Give me the rope. I got this. (laughs) And Motherfucker is like, like, okay, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Hawaii, but we're going to do something called surfing. We're going to go into the green room effect. And if it weren't this tense chase sequence, it would have been like a very emotional, powerful moment of beauty. But we're in a chase, so we can't admire it for too long. But we still get this wonderful two-panel spread of the Thousand Sunny being directed by Jimbei with all of his might and brains saving everyone and everyone working together as well, but him taking the lead obviously in the plan, pulling the ship together, and they have like this wonderful surfing sequence as the wave is crashing down in that beautiful spiral. And I'm just like, man, I love (laughs) Jimbei.
1: Yeah, he has a very strong showing in this arc as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, We always talk about uh straw hats with the roles. Jinbei is the tactician. He's the general. Absolutely he is. He definitely thinks of the plans. Cause you know, someone's gotta help out Nami, right? She's got a lot of jobs still. But and then Jimbei is like, nah, I got this motherfucker. <laughs> I got that. I can save us." <laughs> um I'm jumping around a little bit, but later on, uh when the Thousand Sunny itself is surrounded, we also get the revelation about Minks and their secret weapon, exactly. Um, at first, yeah, you yeah. might have thought it was like part of that electric power they could do with their martial arts, but it's a it's a, tied to the full moon. It's we get like a little Dragon Ball, right? We get a little Dragon Ball, or even a classic yeah, l- Wolverine Kizaru
1: in here, you know? Yep. And like, I it's said
0: with- Kizaru, but it's Ozaru. <laughs> um, and we get carrot, and it turns out, oh, right, minx. Oh, shit! <laughs> if Pedro were alive a little longer, we could have seen his Transformation too. but unfortunately we don't. But what happens is when they are surrounded by a fleet, or they're getting close to being chased down by uh, some of Big Mom's fleet, led by I think Smoothie, um, Carrot yeah. turns into like this like this gorgeous, like romanticized, super powerful rabbit and just jumps around with amazing speed and strength and even uses like some of Big Mom's crew's powers against them, like, I think the genie, like, smashes some of their own ships as well. Yeah,
1: and she's she's just, like, styling on this fleet. She's taking off, like, masks and stealing the (laughs) the wheels, and that's, it's it's sick.
0: Yeah. At the expense, and again, it's like, it's my favorite transformation where it's the Kaioken type of uh, ideal, where she's fucking pooped after that. She's straight up sleeping after this ends, where she's like, I am literally out of commission. I am going to be sleeping for the next 36 hours. Help me. And that's it. And that helped them break out of that chase. Um, And near the end of this chase, right? I'm still sticking to the Thousand Sunny for now. I just, because I want to get this wrapped up.
1: Kind of have to jump around here. Yeah,
0: before we get to the Katakuri stuff. Um, Then we get to probably my favorite tag team moment in the entire arc, which is Big Mom is again hot on her tail. No pun intended because of Prometheus. But Zeus is, again, he's still fed up, right? He's, he has, he's dark with the storm clouds he still got from earlier. And you need to split the energy a little bit, right? You need to separate the energies. Brook, he acts as a fucking lightning rod. It does a little fake out, right? When you're reading the manga, it looks like Nami is struck by lightning. But then you flip the page and then Nami is in the back. And then you see Brook going out. <laughs> go. And then he does his usual shit, right? Like, you are already dead. He slices... He doesn't slice Big Mom, though. He slices Zeus in half, right? And you're going, oh, Zeus? Oh, right. When energies separate, there's the discharge. Second lightning strike. (laughs) Get (laughs) Big Mom again. Again, buy him a little bit more time and get a bit more distance. Because they're buying time for both Sanji to finish the cake and for Luffy to finish his fight that we're about to get to. So, it's not quite as like satisfying or flashy as like Dress Rosa action sequences, but the team working together just to buy themselves a bit more time again and again and again. Much more satisfying than any chase before with Punk Hazard. I would say better than the escape from Impel Down personally. Um, in some ways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In some ways. Cause Impel Down's funnier. They had Buggy. Come on. <laughs> and, um, it just felt very satisfying. First time through, I wasn't a too big of a fan of these sequence of events, because I'm just thinking, like, oh, you're just delaying. It's just action. But yeah. second time through, I really got to admire, like, the teamwork that was going and it, on. It
1: really does feel so long. It kind
0: of does, yeah. But it's a lot of fun. It's not like Punk Hazard, where I'm not having fun watching, like, the goons of Smoker's crew, I, I, even though I do eventually like them. Of just, you know, eventually getting swallowed by the gas. I'm just like, of course. but it's the same boring hallways, but in this chase, we got the seducing woods, the trees going around, you got Big Mom digging through the fucking earth, you got tidal waves coming in, you got fleets, you got candy coming up from freezing the ocean, boiling uh, water later on. So there's a lot more variety in this chase sequence, and to me, that's why it never felt old, personally. Um, To the point where at the very end, when I was just thinking it was getting old, it was things were starting to wrap up at this point. So I'm like, okay, I got right at the end.
1: I, I agree. It does feel a little better when you're binging it.
0: Yeah, that's my advantage. Definitely not when you're yeah. going week by week, right? When you're waiting I, I for can, the...
1: I, I can't forget, you know? Mm. I'll never forget.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess in hindsight, because again, I have the fortune of binging these. Um, chase sequences in One Piece probably definitely feel like an eternity. Quite literally, because I bet... How long is this chase sequence? Like, 40 chapters? That's almost like a full almost year. A year. Yeah, so this would be a chase sequence being a full year. So, I guess, yeah, for the hardcore fan that got this week by week, this actually, would definitely probably be... is
1: about a full year, actually, because we get about three chapters a month. Goddamn.
0: So, yeah, for this would definitely year. be horribly paced for those week by week, but honestly, when I was binging this, uh, the first time, I didn't feel that much joy, but the second time, I, like I said, I had a lot more enjoyment binging it. So, yeah, I guess better the second time. But the important thing that I want to bring up at the end of this was this great villain moment where Nami just looks like if in a different universe, she'd be a villain. Because after their attack with Zeus, they have Zeus on the boat, on the ship. And then Nami goes, hey, welcome aboard. You're going to be a servant. And then Zeus goes, I should get back to Big Mom. And Nami goes, you don't understand. I wasn't asking you. I'm telling you, you are my new servant. Or you will die. <laughs> Did that sound
1: like a question, Zeus? <laughs> <But> the, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'm literally just thinking again, Mortal Kombat, your soul is mine. <laughs> With that look she gave
1: Zeus. I'm just like, god That's a damn. great panel. I like that one a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, god. Evil Nami is so great. <laughs> it's, like, listen, I'm going to get my way, whether you like it or not, okay? <laughs> I didn't do... Two big-ass setup thunder attacks just to buy time, I'm also going to keep you. So, that'll be an interest going in the future of what potential Zeus will have as, like, more support for Nami. I'm guessing she's going to, like, keep him, like, in the, I don't know, like can it, a can it, can it climb attack hold clouds? Can it? I'm guessing it can, because it can make weather, right? Yeah, probably. So, so maybe that, because otherwise I could imagine Zeus just floating off. <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly how that would work, <laughs> but that whole setup, I'm just guessing like, yeah, that means Zeus is going to be like a support And we don't know
1: somewhere. the logistics, like how far can a homie survive away from Big Mom, et cetera, et cetera.
0: That is true, too. We'll have this, We'll definitely see the answer to that question. Um, so I guess we're going to get to, I guess, to where most people would be the highlight in terms of action. It's the Luffy fight with Katakuri. I have some stuff to say, but again, this is very action focused uh-huh. and I got some stuff to say, but I'm coming from the manga. I'm guessing you're also
1: coming from the anime,
0: Justin, because when you showed me the clips from the anime, I was like, God, it's damn. awesome.
1: Yeah, I will say like this fight, it was cool. Like I enjoyed it in the manga. Like, I really liked that it's uh, it's Luffy versus Luchi esque and that they just kind of go into it in the beginning, they're not really talking, they're just kind of throwing hands, filling each other out. Like they're fighting. You know, that's how it goes. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to fight and we're just gonna fight. I like the atmosphere you get from it. But it's, it's just very, a cool it's just a good fight, right? It's a pretty yeah. good fight. But in the uh, anime it is like excellent.
0: It is yeah. elevated
1: by ins- insanely good animation and direction.
0: Yeah, about a week ago after I think our first recording for part one, you sent me clips of like, little clips from the the fight of this. And the big thing that stood out was because in the manga, in the mirror world, it's just black and white. So I was thinking more like that last level in Kingdom Hearts 2, where, you know, it's black and white and things are folding. But other than that, it's more about distance or, like, uh, skewing your perspective. But in the manga, it's hard to really get that. So I'm like, uh, okay, it's kind of weird, but okay. But in the anime, it's like you got vi- really striking colors. You got violet, maroon. It's much more memorable of an of an arena. And then on top of that, again, that those clips I saw, like man, at this point, it looks like some budget and talents getting into One Piece because man, <laughs> some of that shit like good. So, but in terms of my perspective, what what I got is this is a very classic, traditional, old school shonen fight, right? You literally have, as well. yeah. You have Luffy going up against someone who <laughs> is supposed to be like they're equal, but better in every way. By, by, what I mean by that is his powers are almost identical to Luffy's, but he doesn't have to stretch. He can just summon Mochi and the strength of the Mochi is as strong as his gear three punches. So, oh shit, he's going to win the battle of attrition because he can literally just toy with Luffy. So then it becomes your traditional willpower fight right, where he's going to beat me down because he's stronger in every way, but because I got shit to do, I got friends waiting for me, I got a goal to accomplish, I need to get back up and fight, right? And everyone loves, that's a, always a good trope, right? That's why people love Spider-Man, that's why people love their favorite action heroes, like people love Goku.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it never gets old, right? For me personally, I've seen it before, so it's a classic, but I'm not, I'm not, like, loving it as much. I'm just like, okay, it's your classic stuff, okay. Um, there was one thing, disappointment, that I had with this fight, is you're in the mirrorverse. I get it. Especially in the anime that took advantage of that, right, with the colors. Where, where was my Monsters, ink reference? Where they go to mirror to mirror, and they just jump from, like, island to island real quick, as, like, Luffy's trying to escape, right, trying to buy time to get his hockey to recover, maybe. There was never like a like, little moment where they could be running in between. I guess it would be hard, hard to do because you would have to literally jump to a mirror, look real quick to find just it another mirror nearby. And you'd be
1: holding brulee the whole time.
0: Yeah. Almost so, you
1: can do it, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. So that was like my own personal thing where I'm like, oh, eh, that would have been nice to see them like, jump around. like Again, like Monsters, Inc., <laughs> but more tense and less funny. But at the same time, I'm just like, it could have happened. Um. Also, another thing that I found a little lacking with this fight is... I don't care for Katakuri as a character. I really don't. He's your big bad officer, and that's it to me. I don't. I didn't care much for his backstory. Um, there's the again. I mentioned this to you pre-recording the the theme a little bit that Oda had in the background of like people of the of the Charlotte family being misjudged for their appearances. Where you ha- where you had pudding with her third eye, and then this one we got Katakuri with his mouth, and then Brulee yeah, with her and nose. Then briefly,
1: Brulee, yeah, also.
0: I think with her nose, yeah, or her scar, or, or Something
1: both. in the flashback, yeah, when she was young. Yeah. yeah,
0: and it was, like, a small theme, so it didn't really occur until, like, second thought or reread, so that didn't really go too much anywhere, and there was that weird segment near the end where a sister, who's supposed to be, like, Katakuri's biggest fan, tries to help him out, but because he's such, like, an honorable fighter, he hurts himself after the sister interferes, but then the sister laughs at him because of the mouth, and again, I just... I really didn't care for that sequence too much, personally. I'm just like, okay, sure. Yeah.
1: But Also, fuck Flampe.
0: Is that the sister's name? Yeah. Yeah, fuck her. The
1: <laughs> well, one that like, shot Luffy also in that fight.
0: Yeah, again, like, she's playing dirty. Where, you know, think with a pirate crew, that's acceptable. But, you know, Katakuri is not about that. Um, we do get our, again, traditional shonen moment, right? Where Luffy surpasses. We do get a little bit of interesting tidbit, right? A future... Uh, development. In terms of power scaling, which is Luffy remembers a lesson by Rayleigh, which is the best way to improve your own hockey ability is to fight people that are stronger than you with those hockey powers. So, Katakuri is someone who can literally read Luffy's moves, right? Because you can see 5-10 seconds into the future, or even more so. And Luffy just focuses on that for, like, what? A couple of hours, it feels like. Just owning in on that improvement, and he, he literally grinds XP specifically for that talent tree while like dodging and defending to buy time. But he's get he's leveling up that ability RPG terms. He just he just, just he's getting just...
1: closer and closer to landing yeah. that hit.
0: And then eventually, yeah, he starts landing blows. And then we also get uh, a reveal to a new a variation of Gear Four, which is Snake Man, which I guess it prioritizes more about speed. And instead of you jumping around, it's your arms moving around, right? Bouncing around. Yeah. So you can stay in place, but your arms are more unpredictable. So you have two, uh, impacts, like blows of impacts moving around rather than your whole body. Um, so that's neat. Uh, wasn't too crazy about it, but again, it was pretty cool. Um, I think the, uh, I think also why, like, this trope of, like, this battle, cause again, this is like, one of those huge fights where Luffy is like almost defeated, right? It's one of those incredibly close fights. But I didn't feel that connection as I did, like, for example, even like with Doflamingo, for example. Um, because he's not, first off, like, he's not the main villain of this arc, right? He's an officer. So I didn't feel that it would have been as impactful or personal, or he wasn't a lot of fun, right? Like, when I'm thinking of, like, other shonen doing this, like I was thinking, like, oh, the main villain, like, Frieza or Cell or even Gara, Those fights felt more personal and better because those are, like, the main villains of that arc. Or a lot of fun, right? Because, like, maybe they're not. Like, they're an officer or a captain, but they're a lot of fun. They're very entertaining for the reader or the viewer, like Kenpachi from Bleach, right? The, the, the warmongering guy with the eye patch. Um, or, if you're very clever, you can manage to do both, like Vegeta. Someone who's just encapsulates all the great parts. I feel like Katakuri doesn't really tie into that, so that's why for me personally, I'm like, okay, Luffy fights, barely wins, he gets stronger. All right, moving on.
1: But yeah, I would. I imagine feel like it. they did, or Oda did an adequate job of of building Katakuri up in the time from when he was introduced to the fight, but it does it doesn't fit completely congruously with the arc because he was introduced like twenty chapters before they start fighting.
0: Yeah, because the way we see it is that he's just one of the Sweet Three Generals. Probably the most badass of the Sweet Three, the strongest. But again, I, I think
1: most definitely he is. Yeah,
0: yeah, but he's just a guy in the background and he's a cool guy in the background. But again, he's like, he's so edgy. He doesn't look like he belongs in one piece. Um, We also got that earlier fight with uh, Cracker, the other Sweet Three General, or sorry, the one of the other three. And again, that was just an officer fight. That I also didn't feel too much about, but at least I was entertaining because he had some tag team combos going on. So it had some highs and lows. And at the end of the day, I'm just like, "Eh, it's not that fun of a fight for me. But as I was going to say, I haven't seen the anime. So maybe the anime at this point really makes it entertaining. And maybe it justifies that fun part that I was talking about. The entertainment factor. So, And there's one last thing as Katakuri is defeated. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a literal thing of his power or if he just because he was so impressed. He predicts that Luffy will be the one to defeat Big Mom in the future. Not sure if that was his power as he was, like, focusing on it, right? To see that far in the future. Or it was just to give you uh, something to think about because he's just about to be defeated. So, there's that. That's all I gotta say for Katakiri and Luffy. Any more final thoughts on that fight?
1: No, I think we pretty much got everything there.
0: Okay. Um... So, at this point, I think it's just a wrap-up moment, right? A couple of last yeah, tidbits of the, the arc. the
1: cake, the escape, yeah. officially escaping, and that's it.
0: Yeah, so, moments that I wanted to just bring up real quick. Uh, there is a touching moment with Pound, the, the father, from uh, the Susie's Woods. He was had a funny little gimmick earlier. Uh, he does help out during, like, Sanji's puddings and Shifon's cooking sequence, because he's helping out Shifon right his daughter and he has a run-in with one of the guys that can boil the ocean uh incredibly op by the way <laughs> and there was a touching moment where after the cake is being shipped away and he sees his grandson for the very first time uh pez i think just waving yeah. at him and then he's just smiling waving back like he got his one final wish and you see that uh that blade coming right behind him, and you're just like, oh,
1: that's sad. That's tragic.
0: I felt more for that than yeah. Pedro. <laughs> 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 Unfortunately.
1: You notice that only people whose names start with P die in this series, or even almost die?
0: What is, 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 is that Oda flexing? because It's like, aha, my letter O comes right before letter P, haha, suck I, it.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> you know? uh, we had Pell, who we mentioned this episode, Pedro, and now Pound, two peas yep. dead in one arc.
0: Uh, unfortunate. It's not a good day for peas. God damn it. I said a food pun again. God fucking damn it. <laughs> Eat your greens, but not here. <laughs> not a whole cake island. Um, there is a scene that I, I'm very conflicted about. I mentioned it before because it involves pudding, right? That whole, that quick turn of the character. Um, you have this. Very touching scene. It is touching, I will admit, despite me not agreeing with this path of the character. This is after they made the cake, and this is after they're about to split ways for the final time before Sanji regroups with the Straw Hats again. Um, Pudding is waiting with Sanji in the back alley and re- asks for a favor. She kisses him, but then, using her power, she takes away that little bit of memory away from him, and then she goes, Thank you, right, for the little joy that you brought to me temporarily. And again, it's a very touching scene, but... It's also like, but this is not the same character I thought I saw when she was mocking Sanji. So I'm so conflicted
1: with yeah. how do I feel about I this. Just, I need the logical middle between where she started and where she is now, and we didn't really get it.
0: Yeah, you mean during those forty chapters of the chase sequence? Maybe the the turn could have happened there. Maybe <laughs> there was
1: time. Yeah, there was time to do it.
0: Yeah, in Instead- the last
1: section, rather than at the wedding.
0: Yeah, and then instead of like any growth for pudding or and or Sanji, my preference would be Sanji, but any kind of growth, it's replaced with humor, right? And it's good humor. Like I again, I love the humor where pudding is going full yandere, but ending the speech bubble with ellipses dear heart. I love that. <laughs> it's, um it is funny. And then there's the funny sequences where they're making like the cream that's so good it almost kills the head chef, or Sanji does anyway. Again, funny moments, but it doesn't really lead to this touching moment. Because How much would it,
1: you pay theoretically, real quick, for a mm-hmm. slice of that cake that Sanji made? <sighs> All these top quality ingredients and made by Sanji, one of the best chefs in the world, we'll say. Hmm.
0: that's actually a really good question. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like enough to like so I won't eat out for a whole year. I'll be like that. was money. I, like, I'm, that- <laughs>
1: if I'm being real, the most I'd pay for a slice of cake, I'm thinking like. 40 bucks for a pretty decent-sized slice, and, and it had to be amazing.
0: But we're talking about, yeah, but you're asking Sanji and Pudding's perfect wedding cake. So that's why I'm like, with that context, and to the point where the head chef almost dies, where Big Mom is actually... Just from tasting the cream. <laughs> yeah, just from the yeah. cream. Exactly. And Big Mom is actually so satisfied, she goes from being malnourished and skinny to back to being fat, and she doesn't do anything else for the rest of the arc, because she's so like, full. She's so happy from the cake. And it's like, oh, she's actually subdued from the cake. <laughs> to the point where Pira Spiro thought it was poisoned. <laughs> and it was just like, what did they do? Those dastardly bastards? It. And it's like, they just made a good cake, dude. Chill. <laughs> the
1: best cake ever made.
0: The best cake ever. Sorry, going back to the pudding thing. Um, It just also leads to, like, a bunch of, like, conflicting thoughts I have about pudding. Because, again, like, my whole thing was pudding would be a, oh, the Remember that word I couldn't think of? It's catalyst. She was going to be the perfect catalyst for this growth for Sanji to be hardened and realize I do adore my father figure, my adoptive father, my real father Zef, but some of his teachings are a bit outdated and flawed. It's not going to be good for the new world. Besides, I just got backstabbed by who I thought was going to be the perfect woman. I need to rethink things. And plus, I kind of fucked over the Straw Hats. Really bad. I need to wash myself. So the fact that she did this quick change, it almost kind of softens that whole potential growth. So that's why I'm just like, I don't know about that. Cause like almost, it's almost like Oda's like, it's okay guys, here's your tragic ending, but you're going to get Sanji back still. Don't worry. Don't worry. And I'm just like, uh huh. but I want Sanji to grow, man. (laughs) I want him to grow, get him out of my last place. Funk. (laughs) On a personal note. (laughs) Um, However, there is still hope, because usually with arcs like these, like Eni's Lobby or Arlong Park, the main conflict, that catalyst for that character's change or growth, Nami and Robin in the past, right? For, and their opponent being, or sorry, their enemy being Arlong and Spandam slash CP9. In this case, it's Big Mom and Pudding. Big Mom is not defeated. She's just been temporarily subdued. She's going to be back. She's going to be an overarching villain. Which in means... fact,
1: in this arc, Luffy says, after I go beat Kaido, I'm going to come back and then fight yep. you. Exactly, I'm going to come back and kick your ass. Very bold of our boy.
0: Oh, uh, but it's Luffy. What, what else would you think? Yeah, <laughs> what else I, would he say? I expect nothing less. Yeah, so to, to wrap that thought up, I was thinking, and I told you this in the pre, which was one of my thoughts that could happen, was we have three sweet three generals. We see Katakuri, we had Cracker. Smoothie? is a captain of like the fleet's temp, obviously, but she's also a long leg and also wanted for over a billion berries. Those long legs tell me that's not just fan service. She's probably a really good kicker, a fighter. Maybe a matchup for Sanji. It didn't happen this arc, and that's a little disappointing. It could still happen in the future because Big Mom is not out of the game. These same people can come back, so remember Pyrrhus Biro? Remember the Heat guy? remember smoothie remember big mom they will be back i don't know how but my potential moment where again it's so silly but it's like i just want sanji to fight a woman not <laughs> just completely challenge himself. because remember back at Enius lobby he completely faltered because oh she's hot and she's wearing a fishnet oh god i can't fight and now it's like but that's not going to work in the new world man you have a crew to watch out for. You're not just a chef. You're a main fighter. You're gonna help out, and if someone, in- including you know Nami, his you know his pride and joy, or Robin, are outmatched by a smoothie, you're gonna have to step up and challenge your ideology. It would be both an incredible character development moment for Sanji, and a sick and rad fight. Now I could completely disagree. Yeah, so I could be completely wrong, though, and Smoothie is not, in fact, a kicker, and the long legs are, in fact, just fan service, but I don't have evidence against it, so the hope is still there.
1: Does Smoothie have a sword, though? She might be.
0: She could be she... both. She could be Ooh. both a kicker
1: and a I fighter. Don't, I don't think, see, now I don't think she's strong enough to fight, like, oh, I thought, I almost thought you were going to say, sh- as both, she could fight Zoro and Sanji, I was like, no way. <laughs> no way. Well, well, <laughs> Who's left for Zoro to l- fight if, well, you know, in Lu- that case?
0: Luffy needed Nami's help for Cracker, and Luffy almost lost to uh, Katakuri. But and Luffy, he would have lost. And, like
1: he increases drastically in strength. I'd say just by the, from then to now at the end of the arc when he fought Katakuri.
0: Yeah, but how close are Zoro and Sanji to Luffy in strength? And that would also be an entertaining fight, right? Ever since uh, Divi fight back, where (laughs) Sanji and Zoro are forced to help each other in that little mini game they played. And now they'll actually have to team up to fight against a general of the Sweet Three Generals. And you have this moment where Sanji's butting heads against Zoro and Sweet uh, Smoothie. And then he goes, I can't fight her. You deal with her. Maybe something happens where, like, maybe Sanji distracts Zoro or maybe he's he's hurt from an earlier fight. He goes down and then sanji realizes oh shit i'm between a, a rock and a hard place i don't know what to do i guess it's time for growth that's a possible scenario it's it probably is. not going to happen let's be honest
1: and but on the only way we'll find out is by But on
0: a super rookie can dream <laughs> until then until then um there's also to continue on uh there's also a funny moment where uh judge does try to scream or yell at luffy of like like, why are you taking this failure? And starts listing like all of Sanji's like, like some of the shit, some of the shit that this Judge hates about him. And then movie just goes,
1: "Judge pisses me off so much."
0: Oh God, he does. He's like I said, biggest fucking cut in One Piece. If, I think if he, anyone I think he is a
1: failure. It. It's Yonji. Okay, period. If anyone's a, fa-
0: if anyone's a failure, it's a Judge. Because <laughs> Yonji's a failure because he reflects what his father did to him. That's what I would say. Um, but the funny part that I want to bring up was when he's telling this to Luffy as we are sailing away, Luffy just goes, all right, bye. And then he just turns to the crew going, why was he listing all your best qualities? I don't get it. <laughs> it was such a great moment. Even Jinbei was like,
1: ah, oh, you guys yeah, are the best. Got Jinbei yucking it up in the back.
0: Our helmsman slash tactician. Uh, what a great guy.
1: But then
0: fucking goddamn Oda. Blue balls, me—no pun intended. Jimbei has to one final time help out the Sun Pirates in their es- escape yeah. away. He goes, "I have to help out my comrades in arms." I'm sorry, and Luffy does a actually a great scene where you know he doesn't deny him, right? But he goes, "I am your captain now," right? Which is the the truth. But we'll be waiting for you in Wano. You better show up. And the worst part that I'm a little concerned about, don't let even death stop you. And I'm just like, why'd you throw out a death flag? Oh, no. Why'd you do that? Don't
1: do that. He, he did indeed <laughs> throw out a death
0: flag. Oh, God. Don't even, don't e- let even death stop you. And I'm just like, dude, don't do that to me, man. I'm really liking Jinbei. Oh, please don't do this to me. <laughs> and so Jinbei is not with the crew uh, at, uh, by the end of this arc. And he has yeah. to help the Sun Pirates because he's such a good guy. Like, he's a really shitty pirate, almost, if you think about it. <laughs> right. Because he's like, you got a new pirate captain, and the new pirate captain would really like you to help them out. But he's also like, but I got to help out my other bros, too. And I'm just like, you're too nice. You're too honorable. God damn you! And your massive blue balls.
1: <laughs> and you're no fear. God damn it.
0: Fine. We'll see you in Wano, motherfucker. God damn it. um, And... With that, right, there's a couple of moments, right, little fake-outs where you think at one point the Thousand Sunny blows up, but that that dwarf fish man, right, that weird troll doll guy, he shows up, swaps the ships, little fake-out there, shows, like, the flag in the water. Um, and then you have the final uh proclamation by Morgan, who's talking to, I think, just someone back at the newspaper HQ. The way I see it, Stussy. Oh, he's talking about Stussy, sorry, I have a quote here. <laughs> I fucked that up. The way I see it, Stussy, in the near future, one of the worst generation is gonna rise to claim the mantle of the Pirate King, after what I witnessed here today. Which is a great way to close off that action sequence. And real quick, before we get to like the final thoughts, I just want to bring up some pre-chapters, right? So pre-chapter notifications that I saw. <laughs> you see a little bit of the Straw Hat Alliance crew, right? You see the the fleet doing their own thing. Yeah. You see uh Leo, they get their they get their own ship and it's the Usopp face from <laughs> Jess Rosa at the front it. That's oh fucking great. Um it also looks like his tongue is the cannon or his nose is the cannon with a nice little touch. Um there's a big concern I have. It looks like Barto, it looks like he's fucking around in Shanks territory. Like he's burning he is. a Shanks flag, he and I'm is just like
1: burning a Shanks flag, yeah. Mother-
0: fucker, What are you doing right now? <laughs> <laughs>
1: while while basically flying Luffy's flag. Yeah. So
0: he's like, oh, this motherfucker is trying to start shit. Oh, well, man. He,
1: he doesn't know the relationship that Shanks and Luffy have.
0: It goes back into that zealous ideology, that zealous personality I was talking about. He was, I was just like, Luffy is so good. We could just start fucking up other territories from the emperors. Fuck Shanks. And I'm just like, uh, you don't want to hold off on that. <laughs> <laughs> you also get a very funny, Little story with Sai, the one who agreed to marry uh Baby5. Five. Baby five. Sorry. Baby Five, yeah. And it turns out his other betrothed wife to be was She Hulk. Um, and then she's like, What took you so long to get here? And he's like, um, about that.
1: <laughs> you see what happened was
0: And she's straight up like a, a queen in her area, right? Doesn't she like sit on a throne and shit? And she's just uh-huh. like, Motherfucker D- just divorced me before it ha- mother motherfucker. Fucker. I'm just like, she actually might be a character in the future. Uh Uclesia, I think is her name. Uclesia. Some uh, Yeah. And I'm just like, damn, you pissed off the wrong babe.
1: <laughs> God damn it.
0: But he listened he had he he wanted to save baby five. And he got to do it. Um and there's also apparently like a very odd pre-chapter, because you know how pre-chapters are they're always like the stories, right? Or like fan requests. Uh-huh. This one was just of a character standing, just standing. It's a uh, Doctor Gerd. She was apparently a part of Buggy's pirates that left, uh, and it said Doctor Gerd of the New Giant Pirates, and she has like a giant fucking battle axe behind her, uh, yep. and that, and that's it. And I'm just like, there's no story. She's not doing anything.
1: She's well, just- she's uh, she's with uh, Hazriddin's crew.
0: Okay, okay, okay.
1: So she's technically now a part of the the Grand Fleet, Strike Grand Fleet.
0: Oh. Oh, right. The new giant pirates. Right, 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 There was
1: briefly, we saw, when we saw, like, the buggy operation after Dressrosa. Mm-hmm. Where...
0: Yeah, it, the five it, giants. It wasn't anime
1: only, was it? No, and no, no. no not you're sure. right.
0: We, we didn't mention it. But, yeah, he was talking about like how five people left, and they were the all giants. giants. Like All of our
1: giants left, because they had yeah. to go join up with Haruden, because they remember him, <laughs> right? Okay, so... Or no, not, not Haruden. He wasn't forgotten, but he... He decided to leave Buggy's crew because he was saved by Luffy.
0: Right, so they're implying that, I don't think it's all five, but at least two, right? Two giants joined Luffy, or is it all five, Do you know? I believe I know...
1: it's all five, but not confirmed.
0: Okay, because I, I know they showed Dr. Gerd, and I'm just like, oh, okay, they got a giant doctor. Awesome.
1: Yeah, basically, I guess he decided to stop being a mercenary, right? And so they decided to also stop. Yeah. Obviously,
0: Buggy wasn't happy about that back in uh, Zao, but I'm just like, ah, eh, you'll get over it, Buggy. You'll find a way to make it
1: funny. He's <laughs> gonna be so pissed when he finds out that Luffy's the reason they left.
0: Exactly! They all joined Luffy's I can't crew.
1: Wait. I honestly can't wait.
0: His first reaction would probably be like, they didn't join Shanks, did they? No, they didn't. Oh, thank god. They joined Luffy. Motherfucker! <laughs> just get even more mad. Oh, that motherfucker. Alright. um, So... The arc does end pretty abruptly because as soon as the ship leaves and Morgan does that proclamation to Stussy, the arc ends. There's no, cli- yeah, there's that, no epilogue. That's like the end. That's it. So, for all I know, because I know the next arc is a mini arc, um, that could be the epilogue. But I don't know. Either way, this arc just ends so abruptly. Um, I do have a couple of final thoughts, like I would just as a wrap up for this arc. Um... This arc was really good, but it's not a top five for me, personally. Um, yeah, I agree. A part of it is overhype from myself. That's my fault. Um, I was really expecting Eni's Lobby slash Arlong Park quality. Like, top three, which is unfair. Um, that's a little bit my fault. Uh, on a personal note, there's a little bit of a problem. I think I may- might have mentioned that last part. But my suspense of disbelief over these crazy powers it's kind of harder to deal with that when they're all candy-themed, right? Where it's like, oh, this is mochi. It's super fucking powerful. I'm like, mochi? All
1: food-themed, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, like, that, again, that's a personal thing. That's not so bad, but it was an issue for me personally. Where I'm like, really? All this food stuff is this powerful? Really? Um, You got some clever scenes, like with Cracker, right? You, oh, soften the food. Therefore, you could just eat it. But other than that, it's harder than hockey Armament. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, arc ending abruptly. I mentioned that already, although that could be justified in the next couple of chapters. I have a question mark on that one. Um, I mentioned actually, yeah, action, yeah, action of this half. Yeah, is, I, I
1: will say you do have to consider that like where the arc ends is basically just like a, a group consensus,
0: mm-hmm. right? Oh. Where
1: we all say, like, yeah, I guess that's the end. Chapter 902.
0: <laughs> that's actually true. Yeah. So I have a question mark on that. So that could easily just go away. Um, Small thing. Uh, compared to Dress Rosa, the overall action was definitely like less flashy than Dress Rosa. Um, obviously, it makes sense because oh yeah, because all the most of the stronger Straw Hats were in Dress Rosa, so it makes sense. In this case, you get tag team combos, which are very satisfying when they happen. But you don't get your Zoro cuts a giant stone colossus in mid air moment. You don't get the Law and Luffy tag team. Like, super right. fucking clever. You'll get the
1: Gear 4, like, you know, moment. Yeah,
0: where instead we got Snake Man, which is just an extension of Gear 4. Um, Nothing super flashy, right? It's not a huge negative, but it kind of is, right? Uh, We I get mean, the I lightning still like, strike. I like
1: Hulk quite a bit. I'd say it's like a strong 7.
0: Uh, like Number 7, or like a 7 out of 10 for a One Piece? Art. Like
1: 7 out of 10. I'd say 8,
0: personally. I'll, I'd say a little higher. I, I could see the, that. Yeah. Um, like I said, these are like personal nitpicks of mine. Um, one of the bigger ones that I didn't mention nearly as much is because we have two antagonists kind of bit, the narrative feels like it's split. Because at the end, it's definitely Big Mom, without a doubt, she's the antagonist of the arc. But this first half, I'm just going, fuck judge. Fuck the Vin Smokes. I fucking hate that guy so much. But as soon as he's crying like a bitch at the wedding, the the antagonist flips, right? So that, no, Big Mom is the primary antagonist to everyone now. So because of that, that, uh, that personal connection of, like, Sanji dealing with the villain is not as strong as, like, when Arlong was defeated, right, for Nami's sake, or CP9 was dealt with for Robin's sake in this case, Judge wasn't dealt with for Sanji's sake. It was more like, okay, we helped them out and, I don't know, they're mercenaries. We could probably hire them in the future. But it, you know, and Sanji had its personal resolution, but it wasn't like there wasn't like a giant Luffy crunch to the face, right? The usual, the classic. There was none of that. Um, Instead, it's Big Mom as the main antagonist, so I, that's why I felt a little weaker in comparison. Again, that could be connected to the overhype of myself. But either way, that shift from Judge to definitely Big Mom in the second half, it kind of threw me off a little bit. But the biggest one definitely still was, again, the potential of growth for Sanji. It could still happen in the future, but I'm used to it happening within the arc that it happens. Or, you know, the showcase that it will happen. In this case, there's more signs that he's going to stay the same than he's going to grow and change. Like, his backstory is fleshed out. Yeah, his backstory is fleshed out. And that's definitely a big positive in this arc. Sanji as a character is definitely fleshed out. But as a, as a dynamic character, he's probably not going to change as much in the future. And that is a damn shame. Because I was really, really hoping, especially after that pudding backstab scene where he's she's just shit talking to his sister. And I'm just like, oh, I'm rubbing my hands going, oh, this is the moment, right? This This is the moment right here, right here, right? And, and instead we get... It could be a late bloom, but eh, right. However, despite all that negative things I just said, it's still a top 10 arc for me. This is still a really solid, good arc. Yeah, definitely a top 10 arc. Fleshing out Sanji's character, as I mentioned, his decision to help the Vinsmokes ends up being much more complex than just simply out of the kindness of his heart, right? It's more complex. I really appreciate that. Um fantastic world of whole cake archipelago of all these themed it's very simple right just themed islands but it's also like you know what that sounds fucking great and fun there's there's a horrible moment where nut nut island unfortunately got rampaged by big mom ripped to all the people of nut island um is that what's actually what's called it's a very funny name if it is nut island it's like Peanut Island, I think, or something. It's something that section? like that, yeah. Yeah, I like, um, can't remember all the names. Yeah, but either way, I'm just like, man, that <laughs> I forgot his name, the mascot for the peanut company. <laughs> that guy's probably pissed, <laughs> the guy with the glasses. <laughs> like, oh, that guy's probably pissed. Um, We also get what I wanted, which was the second half of the Straw Hats getting their spotlight. I definitely got that. Again, not as flashy, but I got it. With the exception of, unfortunately, Chopper, I really felt like he was sidelined. Yeah. In this really arc, was. he got to judo flip an alligator, but after that, he unfortunately didn't do too much. He was kind of reactionary rather than you know, why was showing he
1: even here. You know, <laughs> yeah,
0: he became reactionary to commands rather than showing agency, which is a very unfortunate part of him. Um, Big Mom as a villain is going to be fantastic as an intimidating villain, overarching as the story goes on for one piece. Like she, yeah, Big Mom's she, great. she has the. And as you mentioned before, and it's very clear as we were talking this episode, we haven't seen her full power. She just has super solid defense, and she's got the hunger tantrums, right? But she's always been using Prometheus and Zeus. We haven't seen the full extent of what she could do with that soul soul power if she really wanted to, right? She couldn't do it against Jinbei because he has no fear. You know, huge balls, like I said. But to everyone else who's chosen a little bit of fear... What's her range and what can she do, right? Is she going to be like this full on witch that has like that, like that what, AOE miasma effect where everyone within like a certain square miles of her just starts slowly getting weaker because she's just using her power all the time. Who knows? We don't know what she could do. That, that potential is still there. Not to mention we've seen her crew, right? Like I mentioned with Smoothie, the potential of future engagements always there. They have their own fleet. There's a potential for a fleet-on-fleet fleet action, for fuck's sake. Um, we get affirmation with our boy, Jim Bay. Right? Always fucking great. He stood out. Brooke as well. He finally got some moments. And he got not one moment. He Tons. got moments. He really came out. He got moments. And boy, was it satisfying. Um, <laughs> we mentioned this already. Um, Nami, of course, stood out very well. But I have to give credit to the wardrobe. Again, 10 out of 10 across. We didn't mention the last one she got, which was just the long sleeve, like, white dress that she had with the belt. Right. That was really good. <laughs> I'm just like, it's practical and cool. It's not just for the sake of, like, oh, let's sexify Nami. It's like, no, I'm literally just wearing a long sleeve because we got to get shit done. But it still looks nice. <laughs> it's, um, not to mention, again, all the tag team she was a part of. She did her support roles that I always wanted. We got potential with Zeus in the future. oh I don't know what the hell that could be but he could be a major thing. Um, Capone, he wasn't as intriguing as Law, but he was still a very fun ally. Um, he <laughs> his, his dedication to protecting his wife and child was always really fun, and also just all his lackeys named after American gangsters. It's so great. I'm waiting for Jesse James still, by the way. I'm still wait, waiting for Jesse James. Although I think... Uh, wait, no, his theme is Mafia, huh? It's yeah, not just gangsters. Yeah, Mafia. It's, yeah, okay, never mind. Not Jesse James. Um, but either way, he was a very, uh, interesting, like, ally that could happen. <laughs> the fact that he can turn his legs into tank treads and just roll off, See ya! And just fly right. off. That was always great. Um, also the baby Pez, I really love it. He has his five o'clock shadow already above his upper mm-hmm. lip. He's got his cigar binky, and I'm just like, oh, so cute. <laughs> um, and again, despite my personal grudges against pudding, her reveal, that reveal, that twist, was still gut-wrenching. It was a gut-wrenching tragic scene for Sanji. That scene still stands out as incredibly sad and melancholy for him. And then, of course, the El Bath teases, which I'm pretty sure will be probably not immediately after Wano, but pretty soon after. We got a lot of drops to keep in mind for giants in this arc. And those are my final thoughts on the
1: entire arc. Great top ten, not top five, so if people wanted to maybe ask you some One Piece stuff, questions, talk about it, anything up to this point, no spoilers, man, in a couple of weeks, I'm not going to have to say that anymore. Oh Where can God, they find right. you?
0: They can find me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A. I'm posting pictures and comments on what I've been reading going through so far. Uh, you guys have been great with the responses. I really appreciate it. Oh, we actually got uh, a comment about our comment in part one. Do you want to address that real quick? about...
1: Do you have that available? Uh, not on the... Right I don't on. remember it precisely, but I do remember it as a gist. I know that's from our boy Crespo. And I will yep. say, I guess I maybe wasn't completely clear, and I understand completely what he was saying, and he was saying that oh, the I got, moment I got right with here. Sanji versus Luffy... Hold on, I think I got it. Well okay, okay. more about Sanji wasn't trying to trick his family, he was trying to trick Luffy, right? Which I understand that that's what we're supposed to get, and I understand that's what Sanji was doing. What I don't agree with or like was that Sanji came to the conclusion that that was his best option. I felt like yeah. that was incongruous with everything he's learned in the past being with Luffy for this long and with the Straw Hats as a whole.
0: Yeah, and I again, I completely get that too, where... That's the motivation, but as a character and as a writer, you need to make it clear that this is, in fact, the best character can do. But as you said, we know Sanji is more clever. He's like, he's like Nami or Robin, where he, if he puts his head in the game, he can be incredibly clever and shrewd. But for that moment, it definitely didn't seem like he could. Or like, or like it wasn't clear that he tried to think about it, but he was forced not to. That wasn't conveyed very clear, and instead, it seemed very rash, which was a very unsanji thing to do. And you could argue, from a writer's perspective, it's supposed to highlight it's because Sanji's at his lowest point, as we do say in the piece. Right. So, therefore, it's justified. But at the same time, you need to make that more clear. So, I do appreciate the feedback,
1: and we always appreciate the discussion as well.
0: Oh, absolutely gets gets our brains thinking while we're reading on and going back.
1: So make Uh, sure to uh, to follow us on Twitter and get in on this action.
0: Well, real quick, where can I find you?
1: Yeah, if you want to get in on this, as we mentioned to Jacobs already, also follow me at Jitsu, J-I-T-S-Z-U, on Twitter or on YouTube. But I haven't really posted anything on YouTube in quite a while, though I'm considering getting back into it. We'll see. Hmm, stay tuned for that. Mainly Twitter, though. So what's next? Next week. The big Reverie. Finally. Finally. We got chapter 903 to chapter 908. Which is actually not that big in the grand scheme of One Piece. <laughs> but very big.
0: I was told this is significant enough. Story episodes
1: Very big in story impact is what we'll so, say.
0: So I'm expecting uh post Eni's lobby shit. I'm expecting ten chapter you know, ten chapters of that, and you're just like what is going on? I'm expecting that in six chapters for this, because I've been told lots of times, because I was begging Justin, can I read early on? It felt like it didn't end properly. Can I read on? And he just goes, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Fuck no. you. But, you know, I get to finally read it. So I'm happy.
1: Should be exciting. Can't wait oh, to yeah. discuss it on our next episode, and I hope you guys all tune into that to hear us discuss. Bye-bye.